0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock
2: it! So Hammer, of course, you know. And you knew this would happen with the ultra-left-wing, soft-on-crime Marion County Prosecutor's Office. Prosecutor Mears uh, took the death penalty off the table for cop killer Elias Dorsey. He killed IMPD Officer Brian Leith back in April of 2020. It was during a domestic violence call. She had
3: responded to the call, along with some others, and when they knocked on the door... Dorsey fired through the apartment door and shot Officer Brianne Leith twice in the head, killing her. Mm -hmm. And now the death penalty is off the table because the defense team of Mr. Dorsey, they were claiming that, well, he was clearly uh, insane. He was insane. So they had some medical examination, some psychological examination. And it came back, one of those physicians said, well, he might be insane. So now, basically, because of Indiana law, you can't execute somebody who has been dubbed insane. The death penalty is off the table.
2: Well, luck like if I'm prosecutor... I don't care about any BS insanity plea. I'm going forward. I'm, I'm, I'm growing a set of balls and going forward with executing a cop killer. And if his attorneys want to sue and take it to the Supreme Court, more than welcome to try. And you know what? If it gets overturned, then at least I know I tried everything in my power to get justice for Officer Leith and her family. But this prosecutor, of course, doesn't have any balls and sticks his head in the sand and says,
3: "Okay, all right, no death penalty for the cop killer. And I'm hoping this isn't a case where whoever was doing the examination of the killer isn't somebody that's just anti-death penalty. I'm hoping that's not the case, that their personal views on the death penalty came into play, because I don't for one minute think that this guy is insane the insanity plea was actually the second thing that the defense tried to do to get the death penalty off the table the first thing that they argued was that he didn't know it was the police at the door oh okay sure and when that didn't work then they came out and said well he's insane Like they're throwing crap against the wall and hoping that it sticks. And some quack, some absolute quack of a physician says that this guy was insane. Although he's never had a history of being insane. That's what this doctor said. And because of the law in Indiana, you cannot execute someone who's been dubbed insane. He's going to still go to trial still maybe face life in prison but the death penalty which is something that the family of Brianne leith wanted has been taken away
2: if they would have came out and said look we want this to be I, I definitely you know no more death i don't want any more of this if they're if the family would have said that then okay but that's not what they're saying
3: no the family of Brianne leith and specifically Brianne herself they were in favor of the death penalty And I've got a lot of friends that work in the inside of the IMPD, and they're furious about this. And I feel bad for the family because they've waited four years, like almost four years to get some sort of justice for their daughter and the news just keeps getting worse and worse. I am sick for this family because this scumbag doesn't deserve to breathe our air. And now, now, and now we get to pay
2: for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, possibly for the rest of his life as, as taxpayers.
3: I mean, I get it. Death penalty cases are expensive, too. I'm willing to pay for it if it means this guy is going to have a chance to well, meet his maker one day.
2: I mean, how many, how many people are on death
3: row at this point in this state, though? Right. Some of these cats are out of appeals, Like, For a long time, the excuse of not executing some of the worst people in humanity was, well, we don't have the lethal cocktail ingredients. We don't have the stuff to do the lethal injection. That's not really the case anymore. It's just that Governor Holcomb's too weak to pursue it. You've got cop killers and others sitting on Indiana death row that are out of appeals. Now, if somebody's got appeals... Listen, the legal system has to run its course. I understand that. But a couple of these dudes, one of them shot and killed a police officer in my hometown. Hell yeah, He's out of appeals. And they're just sitting there watching all this laughing. They're going to live the rest of their lives being celebrities in prison. Now, let's go back about a year ago. Jennifer Leith... She's the mother of fallen officer Breanne Leith. She did an interview with Fox 59, and this was when the defense started kicking around the idea of some sort of insanity plea. I think it's a joke.
4: He doesn't have any mental history. Like, I mean, I was in law enforcement for a long time, and people that have that kind of past have that kind of past, and he doesn't. He didn't think twice about firing those shots for that wall. It didn't matter who was on the other side. Um, I believe he knew it was the police. He's entitled to his defense, but it's not like a it. So it's just frustrating because we want, we want justice for my daughter. I mean, it's not fair.
3: One quack physician who does the examination is just ripping the heart out of the chest out of this awesome family who lost their awesome daughter. Again, it's
2: not us. It is us calling for the death penalty, but this is their family saying this. And there's been several statements made throughout the past 24 hours uh,
3: about this case. The FOP released a statement. Part of that reads, quote, This step is obviously a disappointment for our members wanting justice and for those who served nearly four years since the death of Officer Leith. We look forward to better understanding the basis for this decision. While frustrated, we remain focused on supporting the Leith family and have confirmed their understanding of this process and the next steps. It goes on to say, we also collectively remain focused on the prosecutor Pursuing Accountability and the remaining murder charge related and prosecuting to the fullest extent of the law. Well,
2: if they're already, if the attorneys are successful and they claimed insanity and they took the death penalty off the table, then who's to say prosecute this, this idiot prosecutor, this left-wing, progressive, soft-on-crime prosecutor, is going to do anything to seek out more justice for Breanne Leith? I have another statement here from Senator Mike Braun, who's currently running for governor of Indiana. The motion to dismiss the request of the death penalty against the defendant accused of murdering IMPD officer Breanne Leith is a disappointing failure of justice. After four years of waiting, the IMPD community and the Leith family deserve justice. Soft on crime prosecutors must hold criminals accountable and support our brave men and women in law enforcement. That's a
3: statement from Senator Mike Braun uh, released just about an hour ago. One of the things I would love to hear is, of the folks running to be the governor, what are your stances on the death penalty? Yeah. That's what I want to find out. Because Mitch Daniels, he wasn't afraid to put down some bad guys. Governor Holcomb, very much afraid to put down bad guys who are completely out of appeals. I want to know what does... Uh, you know, Braun. Braun, I mean, Braun
2: released a pretty strong statement right there. I feel like I know what his stance is.
3: Braun, crouch uh all these folks that are running what do you feel in terms of the death penalty in indiana are you in favor of getting rid of some of these scumbags that are breathing our oxygen we'll have to do some research on that and we'll get back to you guys uh much much happier news yes Costco is selling a two-foot-tall chocolate Easter bunny now. Is that something we really need in society? Two-foot-tall, $64 chocolate Easter bunny. It weighs four and a half pounds. It's hollow, which is my favorite kind of chocolate Easter bunny. I like the hollow chocolate bunnies. Okay, that's fine, but uh, two-foot-tall? two Two-foot-tall. Two And it's going to weigh four and a half pounds. The late, great Wilford Brimley, your thoughts?
2: Diabetes, 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 diabetes testing supplies.
3: That's a whole lot of diabetes. Uh,
2: Thank you for that. I needed that laugh after the first part of the segment, man.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
5: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show.
3: Hammer? No
5: doubt. We haven't had
2: one of these in a while. I'm talking about a lewd nude dude in the news. Here's another lewd, nude, dude in the news. But Hammer, this time, it's a dudette. Oh, it's a lady. Uh, not only is it a lady, but it's a very famous lady. Worldwide. Everybody knows this chick. Britney Spears. Oh, talk to me. Talk to me, nice This is our lewd, nude, dudette in the news because... She's now banned from the Four Seasons Hotel in Los Angeles for going topless at the pool.
3: Oh, who was the Karen (laughs) that ratted out Britney Spears for letting her cans breathe? This, (laughs) this, uh,
2: This is from TMZ, quote, Britney has been going to the Four Seasons for years, but she's been causing a headache for the staff recently.
3: Well, I'm sure if you work at the uh, hotel, the Four Seasons in L.A., there's going to be divas. There's going to be pain in the ass celebrities all the time. They deal with that crap all the time. Come on. Now, I'm reading the story here. Yeah. And it says, quote, in the past year, she's been banned from the hotel unbanned and is now banned again some guests have complained about her going topless by the pool and making them feel (laughs) uncomfortable who are these rotten karens that instead of being at this swanky you know upscale la resort saying wow Britney Spears is here. She's running around naked. This is a party. This is amazing. They rat her out to the authorities. The only thing I'd say is if there were kids around.
2: Yeah, but man... (laughs) I knew the response was... was, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, come on. I don't know. There, there's no yeah, but. If, if Britney's
3: a... in there getting loose, let the juice be loose, man. Don't be a Karen and rat her out. Like, let me ask you this, Nige. Yeah. Let's say you and Mrs. Nige. Yes. You are high rollers, and you are at the Four Seasons in L.A., and you're up there at this pool, and there's directors, and there's musicians, and there's stars, and then all of a sudden you see Bradley Cooper get out of the pool, and his wiener's flying around. <laughs> Are you going to go be full Karen and s- complain to people oh, no. or do you just say, "Hey, this is Beth Bradley Cooper. He's walking around naked." No, if my wife didn't notice or she had her back turned, I'd say, "Lindsay, turn around. Look. Look. Look." <laughs> right. That's what I'd say. Right. Like uh, if you're in that type of atmosphere, that type of party, just let people I mean, if
2: it's an adults-only pool. Fine, I think. I think I'm fine with it. But there's probably ordinances
3: against that kind of thing. Remember a number of years ago when, like, Michael Phelps was, like, the biggest athlete in the world? You know, he just won all those gold medals. He went to a party, and he hit a bong. And oh, some yeah. a-hole took yeah, yeah, yeah. a picture of him hitting the bong. You know, instead of being, hey, what a party. There's Michael Phelps. He's hitting a bong over there. You had to be a turd and take his picture and make yeah. his life hell. Now, That's what I'm saying, right? Right here, man, don't be a Karen, just enjoy it.
2: Now, I'm looking at Britney Spears's Instagram account,
3: she has no problem letting the girls fly. God bless her for sure. She's an American I treasure. Mean, look at
2: that on the uh, YouTube right, right there. That was uh. Her on the beach, some some beach
3: last year. Allison, where are you at on this? Let's say you have won a contest. You are going to the Four Seasons. And again, you're up there at the pool. It's probably on the top deck, overlooking Los Angeles. Celebrities, movers and shakers, they're all around. And then you see a random celebrity get out of the pool and they're naked. Do you (laughs) complain to the staff or do you just say, wow, that's pretty wild?
6: Uh, I'm with Nigel. I'd probably be like, if it's an adult pool, it's probably, I don't care.
3: Well, don't bring your kids to the pool where you think there may be naked people. <laughs> Maybe that should be the case. Maybe you it's, guys it's need to work parents on your parenting. Sure, the parents' yes. fault now. Leave Brittany alone! <laughs> uh-huh. What's this story about plumbers that you oh, said? No, this Oh, no, I morning? saw
2: this. Um, there was a thing about plumbers talking about the strangest things they found flushed down toilets. Britney
3: Spears toilet or just
2: toilets <laughs> no, in no, general? toilets in general, like the top nine things. Um, and then I got a question for our audience that I need weighed in on concerning wet wipes. Okay, so don't let me forget to get that at before the end of the Lots segment.
3: Well, that's tease right there.
2: Um, the drainage pipe company, they surveyed plumbers, asked them to reveal the strangest things they've caught, uh, been caught uh, flushed down the toilet. Legos,
3: rubber ducks. Probably kids doing both of those, like throwing Legos and their bath time toys in the toilet. Socks? Hmm. You know what it
2: tells me? It tells me you ran out of toilet paper. Bingo.
3: (laughs) That is 100% what that means. If there's a sock flushed down your toilet, you ran out of toilet paper. Adult toys? Well, now we're getting into kind of a gray area. Huh. Teeth?
2: (laughs) No, seriously. The plumbers revealing the strangest things flushed down the toilet's
3: teeth. That Were they the did. teeth on the adult toys? Because there's a lot going on there. Uh, turkey bones and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Again, I think that's kids who don't want to eat their vegetables if yeah. they try to flush it down the toilet.
2: Um. And here's the strangest thing. A two-man
3: tent and sleeping bag. <laughs> Somebody tried to flush a... <laughs> two-person tent and a sleeping bag down the toilet. How does that even work? How do you even begin to get that? Well,
2: I'm assuming that didn't make it too far before the plumber had to come out and clear it out.
3: Well, no. I mean, I can't even imagine it goes just a little bit. Like, if I'm thinking of these things correctly, I'm almost impressed that they got it down there.
2: So I wanna hear from plumbers right now on the issue of wipes, wet wipes. After you're done with the traditional toilet paper, after you're sitting down doing your business, number two, usually, uh, I have been for years, ever since my kids were uh, infants, using, uh, uh, you know, following it up with a wet wipe, flushable wet wipes, they say flushable. Right on the package right
3: now. I mean, now, I think that's a very important part of this story yes. here. It says flushable. It says flushable. The the, the p-
2: giant package of dude wipes that I have right now, and that's a real thing. Dude wipes is a real brand. It says flushable. So, uh, I want to hear from plumbers at Hammer and Nigel. Are these things actually flushable? Are they good for your septic system?
3: Have you had any I, issues with I've your not, septic I've system? I've not had any
2: issues in the past decade I've been using them. So,
3: I mean, I think the results speak for themselves, okay, right?
2: Maybe, but I've also heard from certain plumbers that even though they say flushable, don't flush. Just throw them in the trash because it's not good for your pipes and your septic system. So, I want to know once and for all am I going to have problems down the road eventually
3: with my dude wipes that I flush after I'm done doing my business? so we're soliciting information on is nigel wiping his butt properly <laughs> at hammer and nigel facebook twitter instagram we got the youtube stream going the camera's in studio uh weigh in chime in curious to find out what you think
5: you're listening to the hammer
7: and nigel show
2: got love what uh, Governor Abbott in Texas is doing—basically giving the big middle finger to Joe Biden and continuing to install the razor wire, uh, and even declared an invasion at the border to justify his actions. Hammer, you remember the Supreme Court inexplicably ruled five to four—the conservative Supreme Court—that we need to pack the Supreme Court. It's <laughs> oh, it's overly conservative. They ruled five to four that the U.S. Border Patrol was allowed to remove razor wire. Uh, that Texas placed on the border with Mexico to deter illegal immigration. So, in other words, Biden's allowed to remove that razor wire while Governor Abbott says, F me f you i'm putting in more razor wire
3: come down down here here and remove it then try it and that's basically what's happening and what's refreshing to see is that there are other republican states who are rallying to the defense of texas it's almost like the red states are taking it upon themselves to try to help the state of texas because the government is giving them not one but two middle fingers earlier today uh governor abbott went on fox and friends and was talking about everything going on at the border.
7: Texas is doing is just very simple. And, and, and that is because the Biden administration has really, truly abdicated its. This- Responsibility to secure the border and enforce the laws. Texas very simply is securing the border. And so we put up the razor wire that you were talking about, Bill, and we put up all these barricades that actually have denied illegal entry. Uh, And as you pointed out also in that screen, there are criminals coming across our border. Texas has a right as a state to stop criminals from coming into our state, to make arrests of those criminals. Uh, And we have national. Guard, as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers who are there to make those arrests and to deny illegal entry. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden actually does have an option here. Joe Biden's option is to enforce the laws of the United States and stop this illegal entry.
3: So that was Governor Abbott on with Fox and Friends this morning. And again, what you're seeing is that a number of states supporting What's going on in Texas? Governor Holcomb of Indiana has not come out with a statement yet, but Indiana is one of the states that, even before that decision, had agreed to help Texas with whatever they need to help defend themselves. But some governors, they're going a little bit further, putting out statements like Ron DeSantis here. This is Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, who just recently dropped out of the presidential race. He put this press release out yesterday, quote, if the Constitution really made states powerless to defend themselves against an invasion, it wouldn't have been ratified in the first place, and Texas would have never joined the union when it did. Texas is upholding the law while Biden is flouting it. Florida will keep assisting Texas with personnel and assets. Christy Nome put out a press release saying the same thing. A number of other Republican governors have as well.
2: And you know, the other aspect to this is the barriers and the barbed wire, especially across the Rio Grande, just just for, for an example, keeping illegals from trying to cross, that's saving their lives. Because if you see that and you are, and there's, you know, crossing the Rio Grande is no joke. If there's no barriers there, you're going to risk life and limb. People have died. Um, migrants have died uh, trying to cross at certain points. Um, And Border Patrol agents have died trying to rescue illegal immigrants trying to cross.
3: Right. It's a mess. It's not pretty. And Texas absolutely should have the right to defend themselves. It's really funny. while You see um,
2: governors of... Republican states, they have Governor Abbott's back. You have uh, blue blue cities, sanctuary cities, where they are complaining about the migrants being bust into into their cities, but they're actually blaming Governor Abbott. And they're not saying anything about Joe Biden's policy at the border.
3: Right. They're upset they're going to their sanctuary city, which we can't stress that enough, but they have no problem with them crossing over illegally to begin with. It's kind of bizarre, and Here's what really rubs me the wrong way. And if I lived in Texas, I'd be furious. And we'll have to chat with our pal uh, Daisy on Monday because she lives in Texas. Mm -hmm. Joaquin Castro, Democratic rep from the state of Texas, had a failed presidential run a couple years back. He's calling on Joe Biden to come down and assert federal control over the Texas National Guard because he wants all the barriers cut down. Imagine living in a state where all of this is happening to you, and because of partisan politics, you want it to happen.
2: By the way, we don't know why, like Amy Coney Barrett and Roberts voted the way they did to join the liberal judges on that Supreme Court to vote the way they did. They did not give a specific reason. Well,
3: Roberts did, it, that- he wrote, I'm a weasel. <laughs> I don't know if you guys missed that. I Roberts did. put out a I statement did. that simply said, I'm a weasel, <sighs> okay. junior I'll, I'll look for that on Twitter. Uh, let's play a round of <laughs> Is It Racist? Oh, right. It's time to play Is It Racist? Now, for those who may be new to the Hammer and Nigel show, first of all, welcome aboard. Hi. We're number one. We do really well. Thank you for listening. Um, but here To explain the rules of this game is socialist sweetheart AOC.
0: Is it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no?
3: All right, now that we're all on the same page. Okay, hit me. University of Wisconsin Racism Seminar tells students, quote, there are no exceptional white people. Yes,
2: it's racist. (laughs) End it right there. Whatever you're about to say next, it's all, you know, it's all... Stupid. I I can already tell you.
3: So this was some sort of mandatory orientation for first year law students at the University of Wisconsin. And some of the things talked about were whiteness, people who say, I don't see color. They were ripped. It was a racial refresher given to these enrollees and all of it was uh, stuff that was written at a national level by DEI experts.
2: I I just, look, you know, pick one or the other, because I I grew up in a time where you're not supposed to see color, you're supposed to treat everybody equally, Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., all that stuff, and
3: now you're saying I'm racist because I say I'm colorblind? One section of this information that was passed out to uh, the students at the University of Washington states that White students benefit from racial oppression regardless of their correctional efforts, and there are quote no exceptional white people. None.
2: Not a zip. I mean, I think there's some exceptional white people. Peyton Manning. I, I mean I, I, I was gonna say I'm not one of them. I I don't I don't there's really nothing special about me, but um you know, name a, a pastor at your local church. Sure. Uh, you know,
3: Sure. Abraham Lincoln.
2: Exceptional white person. Yeah. Freed the
3: slaves. Some would argue Abraham Lincoln was like the first woke Republican. (laughs) But according to the University of Wisconsin, it doesn't matter if it's Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Peyton Manning, or Clay Aiken. They can all burn in hell because they're racists. Every damn one of them. Racist, racist, racist (laughs) trash. Oh, wow. All right. I'm going to run this one by Allison, okay? Allison is our resident Swifty. She was all in on Taylor Swift long before she started banging Travis Kelsey. You've been to the shows. You've watched the concerts. Absolutely. You are the real deal. I am. Do you buy this? So during the uh, last football game last weekend, the divisional round, Travis Kelsey the boyfriend of Taylor, scored a touchdown and made, like, the heart symbol, and everybody just assumed that was a shout-out to his girlfriend sitting up in the suites. His
2: hands? Yeah. Like, he did the this? The the little heart thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, on his podcast that he does with his brother, Jason, he claims that it was not— directed at Taylor. It was actually trolling some Bills fans who were being disrespectful to him.
7: The celebration went wild by you with the uh, little heart. Had to spread the love, baby. There was a lot of hate pulling up to that stadium, man. And it's a football game. It's, it's, supposed it's to be. a football game. The Bills yeah. coming into their house. They want to make it rowdy. Did it get a little disrespectful? One thousand percent. I get it. You know what I mean? Coming into a hostile environment. I respect yeah. it. I just wanted to make sure it knew it wasn't mutual. I don't hate you guys like you hate us. It's all love, baby.
3: Do you buy that Travis Kelsey was not signaling a heart for Taylor, but trolling obnoxious Bills fans?
6: I saw the video. It looks like it was directed at the Bills fans. And honestly, I like that even better. See, I think he's saying that yeah.
3: because he didn't get an I love you in return.
6: He was inspired by Taylor's heart hands, so he's now incorporated in his own world. When you're
3: given the heart and when you're given the I love you, you got to get it back in return.
6: Has
2: she, been,
3: has she been doing the heart hands in the, oh, in the box? Oh,
6: Nigel, since 2007. <laughs> I know.
2: I, okay, no, I understand that, but she'd be doing it up in that
3: Chiefs box when she's watching the games.
6: Oh, I don't think I'm, so. Uh,
3: okay, all right well i think he may have jumped the gun yeah. and his fallback is oh that was the uh, obnoxious bills fans bills mafia
2: that's pretty it was a pretty convoluted uh, excuse Right. Uh, everybody hates me, but I was just I was just showing them that I don't hate them by giving them a the love. I don't think if I was a Bills fan and I saw that that's that would be my
3: conclusion. And they're Bills fans. They're giving everybody crap that's got the opposing team's gear on. Bills fans go hard. Bills mafia. They put people through tables. They have a thing called chairway to heaven where they hit each other with chairs. They get down yeah. to business. Um, so I can see them being a little rowdy. But I'm not buying that excuse. I'm sorry.
6: Wow, you guys are harder on him than I am. And now, time to play Doobie Brother... Oh, oh, oh. Robert
3: Muller. Can you repeat the question, sir? You're going to have to repeat that for me.
8: Doobie
3: Brother, or Robert Muller on the hand right now. Big show. August 17th, off the Doobies, Steve Winwood, and the Robert Cray Band. Don't sleep on the Robert Cray band. Fun fact for kids, Robert Cray, if you watch the movie Animal House, he was a member of Otis Day and the Nights. He was the guy on the bass. So when they're going around in the circle doing shout, that's Robert Cray. Uh, And then
2: people might not know who Bob Mueller is.
3: Well, he's the guy that head up the Mueller report into Russian collusion against Donald Trump, which turned out to be a big nothing burger. Yes. Uh, Rob is standing by. Rob, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. How are you? Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, Rob. So, Rob, we're going to play the game here, and we're going to make this as easy as possible. you got to get two out okay. of three. I'm going to give you a fact about somebody. It will either be a fact about the Doobie brothers, or it will be a fact about Robert Mueller and his investigation, Okay. Gotcha. Number one. Once Michael McDonald joined, they became one of the bands that founded the genre Yacht Rock. Doobie Brother or Robert Mueller. Yacht Rock, yeah. I'll do Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers, correct. Doobie, doobie doo. All right. And again, if you miss any of these, we should take <laughs> you out back and hit you with a tack hammer. All right. This That's is for it. the tickets. Here we go. Doobie Brother or Robert Mueller? His report showed that investigators of Russian interference had an incomplete picture of what happened, (laughs) due in part to incomplete communications, as well as testimony that was false, incomplete, or declined. Unlike Robert Mueller, I will not ask you to repeat the question, but I will say (laughs) Robert Mueller. Yeah! Ah! Listen to the music. Rob. Oh, man. Congratulations. Fun, fun of the show, Rob. Have a good time. Hey. August 17th. The Doobies, Steve Winwood, Robert Cray Band. We got tickets to give away tomorrow as well. Uh, real quick, before we get into some uh, response that you received on yeah. social media about the wipe issue, if we're talking about Doobie Brothers, can we do great moments in Doobie history? Please. Uh, this was from the <laughs> the movie Road Trip, where one of the college kids named Ruben was staying at a friend's grandparents' house and the old man walked outside as he was uh, the young kid was outside having a smoke thinking about the trip I can't sleep either, God
1: Viagra gets my heart racing like a lab rat. Are you okay? You look kind of goofy. No, no, it's nothing. Come on out with it. Okay. Well, I almost died two days ago. What? Our car exploded. Yeah, I could be dead right now. And since that happened, I found myself asking why, you know? What is my reason for living? Are you going to pass that doobie or what? (laughs)
3: Great moments. Yeah,
6: yeah, sorry. Uh,
3: Great moments and uh, Doobie,
6: doobie history. history.
2: So the consensus on using the the wipes, the butt wipes, the the fresh wipes, the, the flushable the yes wipes. I don't know how we even started talking about that earlier this hour in the first place. But I say I've been using them for years ever since my kids were infants, just as you know I use the paper. And then um, I, I followed up, which is a, a, like one wipe. Like, I got the dude, dude wipes right now. We usually buy them in bulk uh, from Costco. The, and, so, and so they say flushable on it, but I've always heard that plumbers say, no, 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 no. I wanted to know the definitive answer. And it's looking like the definitive answer on whether or not to use uh, flushable wipes. Do not. That is the answer. Pipe, uh, this is from Dennis. Pipes were clogged. Plumber came out and pulled wipes out, told me no, no matter what brand, they are flushable. My cousin works in the sanitation department for the city, says Emily. She says even the flushable wipes are awful for the system.
3: Paper. Marcia on the YouTube chat says nothing but toilet paper should be flushed. Boo. And we're seeing a lot of this come into uh, our direct messages, our inbox, uh, the Twitter feed. It's pretty consensus here. There hasn't been one person that said, yeah, keep wiping away. Keep flushing away. Put more in there. It's I can't, fine. I can
2: stop. I, I'm not going to stop using them. I'm just going to have to put them, I'll throw them away in the trash. I
3: hope you don't stop using them. Good God, no one said that. Was that an option? (laughs) Were you thinking about that? No. Don't do that to Allison and I. Please use them, but (laughs) throw them in the little weenie trash can or something that everybody has in their bathroom. Gotcha. The little witch trash can that everybody has in their bathroom that, when you bag it up on trash day, has like two or three things in it. It's a pain in the ass. All right. When we come back, we've got a little bit more in regards to the race for 2024. Ronna McDaniel. She's putting the pressure on Nikki. That's next.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock
2: Hammer I have some audio I want to play for you here of the RNC chair, McDaniel, Ronna McDaniel. Um, You know, she runs the RNC. She's the chair, Republican National
3: Committee. Who would do do a better job of running the RNC, (laughs) Ronna McDaniel or Ronald McDonald? (laughs) Because I got 10 bucks on Ronald McDonald. It's a toss-up
2: right now, but she was on Fox News uh, telling folks, and I'll I'll explain why here in just a second, why this is kind of an interesting comment, basically saying we need to unite around Trump.
4: Uh, I'm looking at the math and the path going forward and I don't see it for Nikki Haley I think she's run a great campaign but I do think there is a message that's coming out from the voters which is very clear we need to unite around our eventual nominee which is going to be Donald Trump and we need to make sure we beat Joe Biden. It is 10 months away till the November election and we can't wait any longer to put our foot on the gas to beat the worst president to beat a president that's kept our borders open, allowed Fentanyl to through, allowed inflation to, to go rampant. He is hurting the American people. And we need to do everything we can to unite so that we can defeat him.
2: Now the reason those comments are interesting is because she's supposed to be a neutral party for the RNC. The RNC is supposed to, is not supposed to have a say. They are not supposed to endorse one candidate over another while running for the GOP nomination, right? Right. But what I heard there was, "Bye bye, Nikki Haley. It's time <laughs> to go." So now even Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, is is, is breaking the rules basically. And and, in saying, yeah, we need to concentrate on Joe Biden and we need to be moving along, Nikki,
3: Time to go. Now, look, Ronna's right. She's 100% right. But if I were Nikki Haley, which thank God that I'm not. But if I were Nikki Haley, I would look at Ronna McDaniel and go, hold up. You think somebody else needs to go away? (laughs) What would you say you do here? Because last time I checked, every election, it seems like the Republicans have high hopes, and then they get their panties handed to them in a bunch. So who's in charge of that? Oh, that's right. It's you. Because for a long time, I put Ronna McDaniel in the category of the folks I called the McFailures. There was cocaine Mitch McConnell, (laughs) there was Kevin McCarthy, and there was Ronna McDaniel. All of these McFailures promising big things, but not delivering in elections. And she sees the writing on the wall, just like everybody else. And I'm
2: wondering if part of this isn't coming from the Trump campaign like nudging her along maybe just a little bit, you know, there's, there's no neutrality when it comes to Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're the RNC or what you're either, you know, you're either kissing the ring or you're the uh, enemy of the state. And so I've got, I've got to think that part of that, what we just heard from a supposedly neutral party for the RNC saying,
3: bye-bye Nikki Haley time to go is, is coming from the Trump campaign. And you are so right about Trump. You're either in or you out. There's no gray area. And this takes us to our next story where it sounds like some of the donors that used to be on the Nikki Haley train are trying to jump ship and go over to Donald Trump's team. And he's turning away their money because you weren't loyal to him to begin with. So he put out this lengthy statement on his truth social. And I'm going to read a little bit of this for you, okay? This is Donald Trump last night talking about the trend of Nikki Haley supporters and donors trying to jump over to his camp. Quote, Haley is very bad for the Republican Party and, indeed, our country. Her false statements, derogatory comments, and humiliating public loss is demeaning to true American patriots. Her anger should be aimed at her third-rate political consultants and, more importantly, crooked Joe Biden and those who are destroying our country. Okay. Now, the statement goes on, but I feel like I would be doing a disservice to this show if... If we didn't have your awesome Uh, Donald Trump impression, read the rest of this (laughs) night. Don't make me do this. I noticed
2: (laughs) that the losing (laughs) candidates' donors (laughs) are immediately coming to me... And want to help out. (laughs) This is standard in politics. But no longer with me. Anybody that makes a contribution to Haley from this
3: moment forth will be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. Well done. Well done. The sucking of the spit. The going soft. And then the loud. (laughs) You started to get the hang of it. it. Look,
2: you got to realize that that Nikki Haley lost not one, but two billionaire dollars within the span of 24 hours. We all know this, right? I mean, we know that uh, this guy named, this GOP donor, Andy Sabin, who's some sort of metal magnet, kind of, um, you know, he's in the billionaire industry, in that industry, is pulled. He, he went on Neil Cavuto, uh, Cavuto and said, yeah, it's, you know, she basically said the same thing Ronald McDaniel just played in that, in that clip. And then another guy... Uh, what's his name? Reed Hoffman. He's LinkedIn co-founder, He's a billionaire donor to progressive causes, but loves funding projects that target Donald Trump. He right. pulled his he pulled his funding from Nikki Haley as well. well.
3: He was never going to support the Republican was, candidate but, but, anyway. I know,
2: but he was giving her money because which tells me that Haley's only function right now is to attack Trump. That's it to be a troll.
3: She's like, like Chris Christie yeah. with smaller breasts. <laughs> I mean, that's who she is right now. And that's not a knock on Nikki Haley at all. Oh. I mean, Nikki Haley's great, but you look at Chris Christie, that's a big boy right there. Oh man. So I saw this article, 12 of the pettiest dating red flags. Petty reasons um about dates that people say are red flags, okay? So you go on a date with somebody and they do something weird and that's a
2: red flag, but some of these are kind of petty. Right. Like they're really, it's like not that big a deal.
3: Number one here on the list someone said this was a deal breaker. Their partner's ideal home temperature is lower than 70 degrees. My house is always under 70 yeah, degrees. So is
2: mine. I was going to say it's in the summer it's
3: it's way way lower than 70. We live around 66, 67 in our house. Um, here's another one. Anyone with just a plain mustache without any other <laughs> facial hair.
2: <laughs> that might be I could see out for some women that might be a deal breaker. Just just to play, what what do we think of just a plain mustache, Allison, on a guy? No other facial hair,
3: just I mean certain
6: people can pull it off, yes. but there's there's others that it's a little uh little more. Bob adult- Kavoyan Jewish.
3: Bob Kavoyan can pull it off. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent he could. I can't. I can't even grow one. I'm forty six years old and my I got facial some. hair grows in like yeah. Joe Dirt, all <laughs> patchy and white trashy. Um again, the pettiest dating red flags here. Someone said I don't think I could date someone with a peanut allergy <laughs> Why? (laughs) She loves peanut butter, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Someone said, I got the ick from a man I was dating because I watched him run to catch a coin that had fallen and started rolling away.
2: (laughs) So So he dumped his change out of the table and a quarter was rolling and he... He took evasive action to to grab the cord before it hit the ground? Right. That'd be a little weird. And he looked weird going after it. (laughs) Here's one on the list. If their ex isn't what I consider to be good-looking.
3: So you want a history of, like, good-looking people before you date somebody? Look, this was an episode of Seinfeld.
2: Jerry found out that this very hot chick he was dating also once dated Newman. <laughs> and Newman is the one that broke it off with her. Oh, no. <laughs> and that was a deal <laughs> Wait, breaker.
3: And that was a deal breaker for Jerry. Yeah. I could see that. If Newman breaks it off with you, <laughs> yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. Understood. Emily and Nigel presents.
9: It
7: depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we
2: play? Is this anything?
3: I will run a few different stories by you. You will be the one that breaks down all the information and gives us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? A Boeing 757 lost its nose wheel right before taking off from oh, the Hartsfield Jackson Airport in Atlanta. Here is another pilot telling the plane that uh, (laughs) they saw their wheel rolling away as they got ready to uh, take off. Delta 982, this is the aircraft looking at you. You, One of your nose tires just came off. It just rolled off the runway uh, behind you. Delta 982, uh, tower, sounds like we've got a
9: problem.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say one of your front tires rolling off right before you take off is a huge problem. And Boeing has not had... uh, uh, they haven't had a good few weeks. No. Let's just put that. Now, that was a 757. Um, it, well, I'm just talking about the 737 Max. Which has been grounded not only by Alaskan Airlines. You remember the, the door disappeared. Which is a problem. That, that was a problem. Door shouldn't disappear. Um, and then there's been flames coming out of one. We had that sort of flames <laughs> coming out right. of the engine. Um, and so Alaska Airlines is grounding some of those Boeing planes, it says it's going to cost them $150 million. Southwest Airlines is grounding that same plane. It's the smaller version, the, the 737 MAX. So, not been a really good few weeks for boeing and i am just happy that i am flying i'm, I'm sorry i'm driving i'm actually driving uh, to florida for uh, spring break get out of here you're year. driving i mean i we've for the past i don't know however long i can say we've never driven more than th- th- like a three-hour trip with our family we, we've always flown because our kids suck when it's more than two hours in the, <laughs> in the car. They don't have any patience whatsoever. So, uh, But I think we're making making like a 10-hour drive down to Pensacola. Maybe. That's
3: a big jump. If they've never done more than like a three-hour yeah, drive well, and you're going to take the kids in the old family truckster for about 10 plus hours. They're a little,
2: they're a little bit old, uh, older and I'm, I'm kind of relieved now with all these problems that th- these planes are going through. Have fun traveling to Florida, by the way, with your family.
3: Pretty yeah. Pretty soon. I'd rather die in the plane than make that drive. I've got to be <laughs> I'm honest <laughs> with you. If I go down, I go down, man. But I'm not making that drive, because the drive there is always fun. We're going to Florida! Let's go! And then driving home, you know it's getting colder and colder and colder. But it's not like
2: we're driving to southern Florida. We're driving to the uppermost. Like like Pensacola's like 10 hours
3: away. We could do that. Yeah, it's still a long haul, man, because you got to figure you're going to stop and eat. Kids are going to have to pee all the time. You're looking at 12, 13 hours. But driving
2: like when we lived in Texas, there's a few times we had to drive back and forth to Indiana. That's like an we did it like straight through. It's like 18 or 19 hours. The last three hours are rough.
3: When I went to the uh, Super Bowl to cover the Colts when they went down to Miami. And oh, man, you had to drive all the way down there. Made a pit stop in Jacksonville. Drove straight from Indy to Jacksonville. Power nap, you know, slept and then got up and finished the drive but off. You
2: didn't even get in a hotel. Just a rest
3: area. Rest area. Now on the way back, I ended up getting a cheap hotel in like Kentucky. Okay. And boy, it was a, uh, it was something. Um. But yeah, that's a that's a long haul, man. I'm curious to see how the kiddos handle that. Is this anything? A Kansas teenager is recovering after a slip on some ice led to his pliers impaling the side of his torso. Oh. Here's 15-year-old Joey Zamin talking about the incident that led to his trip to the hospital. So I was shoveling snow in the pickup by right here, and I just... I was walking over to get something out of the pickup, and I just slipped and fell right there. Well, I got up, and I noticed my pliers were in my pouch. I didn't, you I looked down, and they were just inside me. I tried to pull them out when I first seen they were in there a couple times. They didn't come out. I called Mom and told her I was on the way to the ER.
5: My pliers were inside me.
2: (laughs) Mom, my pliers are inside me. in the emergency room. How do you, he was trying to pull them out and couldn't get them out of his torso? Was it because it was too painful, or was it because they were stuck in his torso?
3: Maybe a little bit of both, I would imagine. And here's
2: why I like this kid, this 15-year-old teenager. He's out shoveling. Most teenagers I know these days, indoors during uh, a blizzard or, or any type of snow. This guy's out there doing his—this kid is 15 years old, probably earning some money somehow out there shoveling, risking life and limb, getting impaled by a pair of pliers in his pocket.
3: I'm just happy because normally when we get stories that somebody had to go to the ER because of a tool stuck inside their body, yeah, it's usually it's <laughs> usually something totally different. It's usually a cavity yes, that it's stuck inside. Indeed. Not your torso. Is this anything? <laughs> Can cameras on the outside of your car detect ghosts? What? <laughs> Teslas have cameras on them that monitor for things like pedestrians and other cars. Someone drove their Tesla to a cemetery at night and put it in park. Then their touchscreen showed half a dozen people walking around, but nobody was there. Now, even freakier than that, they were in Rhode Island, right down the road from the house that inspired the movie The Conjuring. It's next to. Oh, man.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god!
6: There are so many people showing up on the screen. I swear to god. dude,
2: I'm watching it right now. It's pretty freaky. Is it it for red? I'm watching it right now and it's weird. It's freaky. Um, but I don't believe yeah, some people think the Tesla got confused with like all the gravestones that were there. But I'm watching it right now and it's like, yeah, if I was in that car and you know, I had the infrared going and the cameras out, I'd be like, Whoa, wait a minute. What?
3: I mean, isn't that kind of what you want, though? If you've got a camera on your car and you go to a graveyard at night, don't you kind of want to see that stuff? Why are
2: you in a Tesla going to a graveyard at night? Probably because you know you can pull this off and get hits on your TikTok.
3: I thought you were going to say, because you should be in a Buick. (laughs) Like the car would make
0: a difference. The Hammer and Nigel Show.
2: Samra Nigel Show. Uh, Hammer's here. My name is Nigel. Go to the hotline and bring on uh, the pastor for Barnes United Methodist Church. And he is a board president of the Indianapolis Ten Point Coalition, Reverend Charles Harrison. Reverend, uh, I don't think it's too late in January to be saying Happy New Year. Is that okay?
8: Yeah, it is, and a happy new year to, to both of you. Um,
2: and I do want to talk about the month of January with you in terms of violence and crime in Indianapolis. It doesn't look like it's been going too well, but I also want to talk about your role at the Indianapolis Ten Point Coalition. The, the coalition has some goals for 2024, and just briefly maybe remind people what the Indy Ten Point is and then your goals moving forward for this year.
8: Well Indy Ten Point is a faith based organization, um and our mission is designed to help curb the pattern of violence as it impacts uh, particularly uh, young men of color between the ages of 12 and, and 24. We have kind of expanded that over the last couple years uh, to also include uh, young women since we are seeing an uptick in violence among uh, young women. And, and, you know, in 2023, uh, we broke a homicide record when it came to the number of women that were killed. One of our goals for 2024 is because we have had so much success in the eight areas that ten-point uh, patrols in the city and helping to reduce, uh, you know, urban youth violence and young adult violence, um, we have decided that we want to expand what we do into other areas of the city. And in order to do that, we have to grow the number of volunteers that we have. We are probably at the lowest number that we have been at probably in the last 10 years. We have about 25 people um, that go out, you know, 10 to 12 hours a week in these hot We want to kind of double that and get it back to about 50, which is where it was. In 2010, 11, and 12, when we were helping out in several different hotspot areas across the city, and and I thought the role that we played also helped the city uh, in having uh, you know really four consecutive years under 100 murders. Uh, so we want to recruit about 25 more volunteers, but we want to try to get younger because a lot of us who are with 10 Point, we talk about that 25 have been around for 15 and 20 years. The so OGs, is that our, what you call them, the yeah, OGs? Yeah, yeah. the OGs. Some of us are in our 50s and 60s, and we want to get much younger and, and augment the 50- the and 60-year-old OGs with young men in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. So we have more peer-to-peer mentoring going on and augment that with guys and women who are more father figures, mother figures, uh, big brothers, big sisters, and aunts and uncles. And, and we think the combination of that will help us even be more successful on the ground as we try to extend uh, you know, our presence into three or four additional hotspot areas across the city
3: so reverend you're looking to add a lot more members to the 10-point coalition so you guys can go through more neighborhoods if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking to themselves you know what i love what reverend harrison's group does but i'm concerned about my safety when i go out if i were to go out with reverend harrison's group what would be your response to them
8: you know i would say to them it really what we do is really pretty safe because the people." Uh, you know in the streets know that we're out there because we care and because we want to help. So so we try to you know engage uh, our most at-risk youth and young adults and give them options to maybe the direction that they're going in in life and, and try to provide opportunities for them so that they can find a pathway of success and we have uh, people of, of all races that are part of, of Ten Point, uh, some people who have no familiarity whatsoever with the urban core, but we train people as to how to be successful. Uh, you know ogs on the street are what we call street outreach workers so that they're able to engage individuals in a very safe way uh, and uh, they will be surrounded by people who are very knowledgeable of the street so uh, in our 25 years we've been doing this guys we have never had anybody harmed we have had never had anybody threatened in the 25 years that we've been on the ground, uh, you know, in hotspot areas across Indianapolis.
2: Reverend Charles Harrison, 10-Point Coalition, what kind of vetting process do you have should somebody want to volunteer uh, and and go to those hotspots? What what kind of training? How many weeks do they get trained? Uh, what's that like?
8: Well, we, we normally take them through um, – Uh, several days of of classroom training that we do, and we provide scenarios to teach them the do's and don'ts. And then we will, once they get through that period of time, then we will put them on a team where they will be trained by OGs on the street. So they don't get the 10-point vest right away. Uh, We put them in kind of the training vest, and we train them, uh, almost for, you know, about 30, uh, 30 days uh, that they go through the training. We want them to feel comfortable. We want to feel comfortable that, you know, that they're, you know, feel comfortable in, in the work that we do out on the streets. We also do have to do a background check because we have to make sure that there are uh, no red flags there when it comes to the people who even volunteer who want to make sure they don't have any current case that is going on and particularly um, no issues when it comes to uh, children so we want to make sure they have no um, cases against them or they have been convicted of, of you know molesting children or anything like that so those are the, the kind of background checks that we need to do
3: and what's the goal? If you get the staffing that you desire for additional 10-point coalition members, what's a realistic goal for homicide numbers in Indianapolis?
8: Well, certainly in the areas where we are, you know, the, the last, um, I think, two years, um, we have only had... Um, three individuals in the, in the eight hotspot areas we have been in that have been killed between the ages of 12 and 24. We think that if we can expand that into other hotspot areas, it will further help bring down the level of homicides and violence that we're seeing, particularly when it comes to youth and young adult violence. Last year, we broke the homicide record when it came to juvenile homicides. Uh, we want to dramatically uh, reduce that this year if we can expand into other areas uh, by at least 50%.
2: And say there's somebody listening right now, they're younger, they made a mistake when they were a teenager, maybe, uh, maybe robbed a convenience store, went to jail, did their time, and is now out, and they've realized the error of their ways, and they've turned their lives around. Are, are you also looking for, for that type of um, a person when it comes to the Indy Ten Point Coalition?
8: Yeah, those are the best. Those are the best. I mean, someone who's been out there, who's made a mistake, um, you know, they have either served their time or, or, or gone through, um, you know, a, a process of, of being rehabilitated. Those are the individuals that we're looking for. And, and we would ask that person to uh, get in contact with uh, Indy 10 Point um, at 317 923 9197 and give us a call. And, uh, you know, we would like to sit and meet with them and, and uh, if possible, bring them aboard.
3: And are you getting any sort of help from local elected officials?
8: No. No, we we kind of we're kind of doing this, you know, from the face face perspective and and through the church community and the broader community. We we have a lot of people who who reach out to us. They want to help. They want to volunteer. And we just felt like this was the, the the time that you know we would respond to a lot of uh, people who have uh, you know uh, reached out to us about wanting to help. So. Uh, we're going to do it this year and we're going to want to double our numbers because we feel like we feel like that if 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 we can expand the 10-point model citywide Um, we feel like we can help bring down these numbers um, like we have done in the past when we have had larger numbers of people out on the street.
2: Reverend Charles Harrison, 10-Point Coalition. All right, let's talk about those numbers in January. What have you seen in terms of uh, violent crime, homicides? It's it's not been a, a good start to 2024, has it?
8: Well, it hasn't. It hasn't. We've had about 52 people shot, eight people stabbed, and, and 14 homicides so far, you know, and, and we're really trying to keep those numbers really below 10 when it comes to the cold weather. You know, when you get into January, February, sometime even March, you want the numbers to be very low because you know as the weather starts to warm up, there's even more activity that's gonna take place on the street because there's more people on the street uh, and, and those numbers tend to, to shoot up. So we're a little concerned that we're at 14 homicides, you know, with about a week left in the month uh, because we're trying to keep those homicide numbers below 17 because if you're at 17 or above, uh, you're going to end the year with 200-plus homicides again, which would be the fifth year in a row. Can people make
2: a monetary donation to the Indy Ten Point Coalition? Maybe they they hear this and they're not cut out for for walking the streets. But but is there a way for somebody to to make a, a monetary donation if they would if they wanted to?
8: Yeah, yes, there is. You can go to, to GiveLify uh, online and make a donation under the Indianapolis Ten Point Coalition. Uh, if you want to mail a check uh, to the Indianapolis Ten Point Coalition, you can mail it to uh, Indianapolis Ten Point Coalition, 900 West 30th Street, uh, 46208 is the zip code.
3: Reverend Charles Harrison, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. But more importantly, we appreciate what you do with your crew walking around the streets of Indianapolis, trying to make this a better place. So thank you so much. All right, Thank you, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You set them up and I'll knock them back,
2: Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read Booze News because it's really fun. it <laughs> Oh man, I love this story. Hammer. Saudi Arabia opening its first ever alcohol store. But it's only kind of accessible to a select group. So, Saudi Arabia, you know, I mean, how crazy they've been over the past. I mean, they've, they're highly conservative Muslim theocracy since 1952. Alcohol's been banned. We had the Khashoggi thing happen a few years ago. But the current regime there wants to, you know, they want to become a destination, a tourist destination, like UAE, the Dubai, things like that. They're trying, even trying to normalize rela- relations with Israel. Israel at some point with the Abraham Accords, so to to you know to make um, you know to show how hip they are, I guess <laughs> they've they've opened up their first alcohol store, although it's only accessible to non-Muslim
3: diplomats visiting the country. I'm looking at this list of store rules that was provided by CNBC, and the venue is only accessible to, as you said, non-Muslim diplomats, and authorization must be validated through an app called Diplo.
2: Oh, they get an app for it, huh? Yes. Okay.
3: So, think about this though. Like, we're sitting here looking at Saudi Arabia going, man, I can't believe it was that tough to get alcohol for a long time. But then I remembered where we live here in Indiana, and I'm not so sure that their policy was more dated than Indiana's no, a couple of years ago. We weren't
2: even allowed to buy it at all on Sundays, at least in the uh, grocery stores and liquor stores. That the threat is. of
3: out of control teens still exists, apparently.
2: Here's the thing here's the other thing about this story Saudi Arabia has. Long had a uh, what they call a smuggling problem with diplomats selling imported alcohol on the black market in Saudi Arabia. So one of the one of the ways to cut down on that is to actually open up the uh, their own alcohol or liquor store. Which uh, I that's funny that diplomats, for, foreign dignitaries, uh, not not dignitaries but diplomats are coming into this country and making money uh, off Saudi Arabia and their liquor laws.
3: What a crappy black <laughs> market too. Like, you think about the black market and the dark web, and you're buying, you know, military grade weapons or something like that. Saudi Arabia, it's PBR. <laughs> PBR and Schlitz on the black market in Saudi
2: Arabia. Okay, moving on with more booze news. Hot on the heels. Uh, remember uh, that, that audio from El King we played performing drunk at Dolly Parton's tribute? Oh, she was a mess. Uh, she was horrible. Pro golfer John Daly seemed to be hammered, performing "Knocking on Heaven's Door" in Nashville. I believe this was at Kid Rock's bar, which you visited a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Here's John Daly, one of my favorite golfers of all time, performing with the house band uh, at Kid Rock's venue in Nashville. See if you tell me if you think he's drunk.
7: Where you're from, <coughs>
3: I don't either. I mean, he's not a professional singer. Better than L. King. Oh yeah.
2: L. King was a mess. I would have much rather had now he did have the the house band behind him, which right. was which they're professionals basically Making it probably made him sound a little bit better than he was.
3: They probably invited yeah. him up here. Right. Oh man, look, you know, John Daly's here. He likes to have fun. He likes to party. I mean that sounds like any dude at karaoke <laughs> night, really, right there. Uh,
2: all right, Allison, give me a little mood music here as we continue on with booze news.
3: Are you familiar with Hardy? Hardy is like a uh, country artist, but he can also kind of go into that rock category too. I want to say he's like country music's Kid Rock.
2: As long as we're talking about Kid yeah, Rock, yeah, yeah, kind of similar. So, after country artist Hardy was in a pretty bad tour bus accident last year, I remember reading about this, he's been working through like some anxiety and panic attacks, here he is talking about taking a break from drinking and getting two panic attacks within a week. I'd
6: taken a break from drinking which was I think had a lot to do with it cuz I wasn't necessarily what you'd say like medicating, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I didn't really not. know that I was even doing that. But I'd taken a couple months off and then dude, out of nowhere, twice in one week I had like I had a panic attack for the first time. Sure. And I, I, I didn't it wasn't induced by anything really. I just Had one, and one was on the golf course. I like was walking off the tee box, and I just had this like. It felt like somebody just like. Yeah, you can stop it right there because I know
3: exactly what he's talking about. Because my wife gets these panic attacks, really, and they are debilitating. They come out of left field, and it feels like you're being smothered. Uh, So he feels like cutting back on the drinking is a way that he can help prevent some of these moving forward.
0: Hammer.
1: And Nigel, Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's
2: rock. CNN's ratings are so bad. <laughs> like we've been talking about their ratings, I feel like for years now, and how bad they are. Right. I don't know how they sustain, but they're they're like real, real, real bad. You know it's,
3: that team that the Harlem Globetrotters beats all the time, the Washington <laughs> Generals. <laughs> CNN is the Washington Generals of cable news right now. Just at the bottom, taking L after L after L.
2: The, okay, give us give us a couple of examples here. They in prime time last week. I'll give you one here. They lagged behind the History Channel. And INSP, I don't even know what that is, some obscure cable network founded by uh, televangelists.
3: Oh, that's uh, Jim and Tammy's network. Really? Yeah, Jim and Tammy Baker started uh, (laughs) INSP. They're beating CNN? (laughs) They're beating the brakes (laughs) off CNN. It's not even close! Wow! The latest numbers uh, coming out from Nielsen, who do the ratings, show that, yeah, the History Channel, uh, Jim and Tammy Faye's network um, are just humiliating CNN. The, quote, most trusted name in news, which recently hired a former New York Times boss Mark Thompson as its CEO, because they had like a house cleaning, they had an average Average of five hundred thirty-eight thousand nightly viewers in the primetime window from eight p.m. to eleven p.m. This is from January fifteenth into the until the twenty-first. Okay. So this is a key primetime window that includes the Iowa caucus. CNN not only finished behind Fox and MSNBC. But they were the 10th most-watched channel on cable. They lost the Hallmark. They lost to <laughs> the History Channel. They lost to the Jim and Tammy Faye.
2: doesn't surprise anybody, though. This is a network that um, um, uplifted guys like uh, Michael Avenatti. They they put him out there. and yeah, it's, At one point, the thumb was, <laughs> was touting him as the next president of the United States. These are the people that um, perpetuated the uh, Russian Collusion hoax, lied to us for years. Had Adam Schiff on for years. Uh, Congressman Schiff lying to us all that time, saying, "Yeah, I got the evidence in my uh, footlocker at the in my office."
3: <laughs> Tons of Russian collusion evidence back there. Now I'm assuming, because I did
2: see, I, I did see clips of the interview they had with the Vice President Kamala Harris. I'm assuming those numbers, they did that to get the numbers to go up a little bit, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, Nigel, you and your drugs. What do you mean? I mean, it's a. Vice President of the United States. It's a huge interview that the See, CNN scored. The big sit down with Kamala Harris. Yeah. Only averaged 332,000 in total viewers and just 72,000 in the coveted 25 to 54 oh. demo. 72,000. So think about this. CNN is on every single cable platform. It's on every airport yeah. around the country they barely would have had a hard time filling up Lucas Oil Stadium with the amount of people, 25 to 54, that sat down and watched Kamala Harris speak to CNN. So, so
2: what does that speak to? Do do more people not like CNN, or do they don't like Kamala Harris? Or maybe just a combination of both?
3: (laughs) Well, I feel like it's CNN. And I can't believe I'm in a situation to defend Kamala Harris, because MSNBC does pretty well. And they're the same... You know, talking points basically. You know, MSNBC is anti Trump. They just do it better than CNN. So the liberals are going to MSNBC and nobody, and I mean nobody, is watching CNN right now. Well, you said they had an average of 538,000
2: nightly viewers uh, between January 15th and January 21st in prime time. But you're telling me this prime time interview only.
3: Only took in three hundred and thirty thousand total people. Yes, oh, seventy-two grand, twenty-five to fifty-four. The money demo. Oh wow! Too bad they got rid of Don Lemon. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sign up for his new uh, network. How do you feel if you're one of those CNN folks that got fired? Like you couldn't get a show on this network. <laughs> like if you're Don Lemon or Fredo, yeah. like you yeah. got shown the door from CNN. Stelter. The, the thumb Brian Stelter you couldn't make this roster it's kind of like how you would feel if like you were in the NFL and yeah. you couldn't make the bears roster or you couldn't make the <laughs> carolina panthers roster it's time to retire uh hit me with a little legal oh, stuff okay crime punishment judges legal, legal stuff Nothing is bringing more joy to my cold, dark heart nights than watching Fannie Willis in Georgia, their DA, uh, just have to face all these questions about the bull crap she's been pulling. Now, she's the one going after Trump, right? She is. Um, And there's drama now. So, it turns out... Oh Fanny Willis. I'm sorry. Ice Cube, how do you refer to her as? Big fat Fanny. <laughs> I'm sorry. One more time? Big fat Fanny. Big fat Fanny was having an affair with one of her staffers who then she picked up, gave a huge salary to to go after Trump, and then the dude who was married took that money and started taking Big fat Fanny on trips all over wow. the nation. Big fat Fanny. Here's the legal analyst uh, for News Nation covering this story. Wow. She's kind of been embedded with Fannie Willis and everything going on at Fulton County. This is a great breakdown.
4: So here's Fannie Willis who hires her lover, Nathan Wade, who apparently has no criminal. Uh, prosecutorial experience.
1: (laughs) Wow. She has
4: now paid him more than $650,000 in tax dollars to retain his services. Um, Of course, he's part of this team that's going after Donald Trump and associates in her RICO indictment for the 2020 election. And now we have receipts that show that Nathan Wade is purchasing TRIPS He's purchasing airline tickets for Fannie Willis. Uh, there's other charges for hotels and for flowers that Jocelyn Wade, Nathan's estranged the wife. They're not divorced yet. Yeah. That now Fanny Willis has hired him, paying him with tax dollars, you know, more than six figures, a plum amount of money. And that he is turning around using those funds uh, to, to take her on trips and vacations, Man, et cetera.
2: The corruption is overflowing. It is in your face, and they are laughing at you right now but i think this is causing problems for fanny what you talking about
3: willis yes 100 percent. and even the folks in fulton county you know they might not be the biggest trump supporters in the world no but they see their tax money being used to fly her big fat ass around the country
9: (laughs) and they're upset i'm done with fulton county fumbling our elections I'm done with the gross mismanagement of our taxpayer dollars by the Fulton County Democrats on this body. I'm disgusted at the information that is coming out of the district attorney's office as a taxpayer. I am done with most of your silence at the DA's apparent love affair with the special prosecutor and gross mismanagement of taxpayers' dollars to pursue what appears to be a frivolous lawsuit based off of partisan politics. Apparently, guys like me, need to court Fulton County female executives if we want a free ride at all paid expense. Apparently, we need to pursue Fannie Willis, or maybe the executives in other departments, if we want a full ride and full pay. I'm requesting a financial audit to be done by the county auditor of the district attorney's office immediately. There is no way that you get more money when you're spending money, allegedly, for unnecessary and frivolous purposes.
2: Now we're dealing with the Democratic Party here, but do you think she gets away with it? You know who we are. I mean, you know who we're dealing with here. We're dealing I, I with the
3: Democrats, we are, but if it's a Georgia issue, if the state of Georgia says, "Hold on, we're going to take the lead on this investigation." Brian Kemp, he's got a big truck. He's not afraid <laughs> to use the big truck and maybe he'll use that to round up some criminal DAs.
6: Are you okay Are you okay?
5: Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Ah! Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Okay! Oh, yeah! So Hammer, a guy
2: got kicked off an American Airlines plane for loudly farting to annoy people. This is a true headline. (laughs) The plane was still at the gate when the person noticed a, quote, disgruntled passenger they described as maybe hungover. Everyone had just boarded. The guy was already arguing with another passenger. And then suddenly the guy said, quote, oh, you thought that was rude. Well, how about this? And then loudly, (laughs) loudly passed
3: gas. He kept repeating that over and over. Are you okay with it? When was the last time you flew on American Airlines, Nigel? Because this seems like something hey, that would have Nigel's name attached I, to it. I've been hungover on flights
2: before. I, I admit to that, but I've never loudly farted and said to
3: somebody, oh, you thought that was rude and did it again. Although there is a soft spot in my heart for people who uh, respond to questions with a fart. Yeah. Or you present a fart like it's a statement. Oh, you want more? More commentary, bump, because <laughs> that's what it sounds like this guy's doing here. Uh, no, not okay with this at all. Because imagine just wanting to get to your destination and this clown's on your flight. Well, they weren't. Uh, good thing they weren't in the air yet. They were taxiing though. Like you're getting close. They were taxiing, you know, out to <sighs> fly out, and then the pilot has to come on the speaker and say, "We're heading back because the fart man couldn't control <laughs> himself." So no, I I'm not okay yeah, with I, that.
2: I would be very annoyed.
3: And I was wondering.
2: I bet they stink too. I mean, I bet those were smelly, stinky, hungover. Oh yeah, warm
3: Budweiser, egg b- fart b- yeah. beefers. Oh. Now we didn't get the name of the individual in the story, but I. I'm guessing that it was Eric Swalwell.
2: The president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him
3: cheat an election. (laughs) That's who I think it was. I think it was Representative Eric Swalwell. Okay. (laughs) All right. Tell me what you
2: think about this. Snoop Dogg joining NBC primetime coverage for the Olympic Summer Games this year. It's going to give like regular reports on competitions and events from Paris throughout the games. Are you OK with Snoop Dogg as a reporter for the uh, Olympics?
3: Yeah, sure. Why not? Now, he's done some things with like NBC in the past for Olympics. I want to say it was Snoop and Kevin Hart. Um, They were doing like the late night show and they had like comedy bits they were doing and kind of making fun of luge and things like that. Uh, This was for the winter games. And now they're bringing them back for the summer games. It's just bizarre to me because I grew up when Snoop came out as a rapper, right? and all of these dudes that were associated with the big rap rivalries of the 90s, and all of the folks that came up from N.W.A. Now, Snoop wasn't in N.W.A., but he hung out with Dre, who obviously was. They would rip on people selling out all the time. All the time. All the time. And now, Snoop Dogg's doing wacky coverage for the <laughs> Olympics, and Ice Cube does family movies, and basketball leagues, and Dr. Dre's the headphones guy. They all sold out. The minute they had the opportunity to make their money, every single one of them sold out. No more gangster rap from uh, Snoop Dogg? Is that what we're s- I s- mean, supposed to believe here? No. I mean, he used to be murder was the case yeah. that they gave me. And that was based on real events because he was charged with murder at one point, and now he's hosting like the reboot of The Joker's Wild. He's playing grab ass at the I Olympics. About that. Uh, life comes at you fast, man. But he's getting paid, so I'm not mad at that at all. I'm fine with this. So, in honor of Snoop Dogg being part of the Olympics. Let's take a trip down memory lane with one of his big hits, Gin and Juice. This is when the staff at Jimmy Fallon show, back when they were still doing comedy and not trying to be activists, they went through the NBC news broadcasts of Brian Williams, and they found all the words necessary to make it sound like he was rapping Gin and Juice. With so much
5: drama than the LBC, it's kind of <laughs> hard being <laughs> Snoopy old double G. But I somehow, someway, keep coming up with funky ass <laughs> like every single day. <laughs>
9: May
3: I kick a little something for the G's and make a few ends as I breathe? That's and- brilliant. That's good. <laughs> now... <laughs> One of our favorite uh, YouTube channels, oh. Nige, is a place called There I Ruined It, mm-hmm. where they take two songs that absolutely have nothing to do with each other, and they edit them up to make w- a new song. Somebody took the old classic Jungle Book, The Bear Necessities, and they turned it into Gin and Juice. Make I kick a little something for yeah. the jeans And make a few ends up yeah. i through
7: Two in the morning and the party still jumping Cause my mama ain't home I got bitches in the living room getting it on And they ain't leaving till six in the morning Six, six in the morning, in the morning. So what you wanna do? I got a pocket from the ruffles and my homeboys do too
2: <laughs> Yep, ruined that song There it is Alright, David Lee Roth We all know David Lee Roth, former lead singer of uh, Van Halen posted a YouTube video yesterday, roasting, d- decimating Wolfgang Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen's son, about things that happened on the final Van Halen tour. Wolfgang, of course, uh, played bass on that tour with the band. It's 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 David Lee Roth going after Wolfie for being a like what he says a nepo baby and kicking important people out of their shows. Check this out. This is crazy. This f-
1: Kid. He's complaining the entire <laughs> tour like I'm I mean, not... That's how it starts out. This a kid. This f- kid. He's complaining the entire tour like I'm not paying enough attention to him on stage. I'm giving him the best. Everything I've got in front of 20, 30,000 people at a clip, and he's complaining. Dave's not paying enough attention to me. Cut to New York City. 20,000 of my closest friends. I walk out into the middle of this stage, and I'm going to do Ice Cream Man, and what I don't know is this kid has commandeered a couple of monkeys to go in back behind my back and throw out these two great dames that I invited to be my guests to the show. And these dames are in their 40s, okay? <laughs> Business women. In fact, you aren't going to believe this. What he doesn't know is that these two dames work for the accounting firm that represent him, not me. And he throws them out of the building. He's teaching me a lesson. So
2: David Lee Roth talking trash about Eddie Van Halen, the late Eddie Van Halen song. Are
3: you okay with this? Based on hearing that, I think I am. Because this didn't sound like it was a personal thing between David Lee Roth and uh, Wolfgang. It sounded like it was a business thing. Uh, This was bad for business the way that uh, Wolfie was running the show here, and it sounded like this was a job too big for him. Now, could David Lee Roth have handled things a little better? Probably a wacky video with like cartoon sound effects in the back. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but if you're just talking business, I think I'm okay with that. So, in honor of David Lee Roth, Nigel, here's a little choose-your-own-adventure. Okay, Do you want to hear David Lee Roth's Isolated vocals From Running With The Devil No music, just isolated vocals This is
2: hilarious
3: Or the mashup of Hank Williams Your Cheating Heart with Van Halen's Jump Oh, I gotta do the mashup Let's do the
2: mashup Because I've heard the vocal thing a million times But I've never heard this
3: Your Cheating Heart With Jump from Van Halen (laughs)
1: <laughs> if nothing gets me down Yeah! <laughs> you got tough. I seen the Oh, uh, so
2: that's incredible. incredible.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I'm as
5: mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now and I will go off the rails with rock. and The noise The noise pollution.
2: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey show here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you?
5: Great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, the best darn garage door company in all the land garage doors of Indianapolis.
2: It's pretty funny. I heard you talking about this earlier this morning, how Ron McDaniel, the uh, leader of the RNC, who is supposed to remain a neutral party for the race <laughs> of the GOP nomination, basically came out and said, in not so many words, Nikki Haley, uh, your time has come. We need to get behind Trump. Uh, what did you think when you heard that? I thought it was kind of funny, because they are supposed to remain, the RNC is supposed
5: to remain neutral. But she comes out and says, uh, yeah, Nikki, time to go. Well, it's the same thing they're doing here in the state of Indiana, where Holcomb and Hupfer and Hathaway got behind uh, Jim Banks uh, in this U.S. Senate race. I mean, these rules don't matter anymore. Nobody plays by any sort of boundaries that are supposed to be in place. You're right. The Republican Party in a primary is supposed to be an you know, a guard you know, a mm-hmm. of the gate, like you know, the umpire. And you basically got uh, Ronna McDaniel turning into Frank Drebin. In, uh, <laughs> in, in the naked gun behind the plate back there, uh, doing spinner and sweeping home plate
3: and shouting, ste Reich 3, where the ball's even been thrown. But the difference, though, is that I think the three of us in this room have a better chance of beating Donald Trump in this primary than Nikki Haley does. <laughs> She's the house guest that won't go away. Like, if you have a party, if you have a Super Bowl party, and you got your buddies over, and there's pizza and wings, the game is over, it's about 1030. Everybody's got to work the next day. There's that one person <laughs> yeah.
5: that doesn't want to leave, and that's Nikki Haley. Yeah, she is Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction at this point. I, I will not be ignored, <laughs> wow. Dan. Although how, However, if there wow, were one... What a comparison. If there were one thing, I will <laughs> not be ignored. <laughs> if there were one thing that might make you want to vote for it's if, if Rona, Rona Rana is against her. So, you know, I, look, nobody votes on endorsements anymore. We talked earlier about this UAW endorsement of Biden uh, and then they admit, well, we know a lot of our members are just going to ignore us and vote for Trump anyway, but, you know, got to do what you got to (laughs) do.
3: Just come out and say you made a donation. Yeah. Like, we donated to Joe Biden, not we're endorsing because, I mean, look at the Teachers Association here in Indiana. The leaders are usually lunatics. Uh, Randy Weingarten, i.e. Joe Namath, she's an absolute (laughs) lunatic. But yet the folks that go to the classroom every day that teach, a lot of them can't stand to be in the union, but they feel compelled that they have
5: to be. Well, and you just hit the nail on the head was how mad would you be if you're, you know, one of these workers and if, let's say, it's 50-50 and you're one of these people who's forced to give to the union and, you know, a big portion of that donation is going to go to support Joe Biden.
2: Well, okay. speaking, uh, let's go back to one more thing here with this GOP race and Nikki Haley, because I don't care about Nikki Haley. But what is her function at this point, besides being a conduit to the Democratic Party and Joe Biden? Well, her function is essentially to be Chris Christie
5: now and uh, attack Trump. Right. Well, she doesn't. uh, As far as I know, she doesn't have a real job. So she has nowhere to remember in Caddyshack where Judge Smales is walking through the locker room and those guys are playing cards and stuff. And he just looks at him and goes, don't you people have homes? (laughs) (laughs) I love that scene. I mean, that's, you know, that's who she is at this point. It's like, don't you have a home? And the answer is, I mean, she has no reason to get out because this is her grift. Like, this is her thing. Where is she going to go? What is she going to do once she's out so join she, the board at Boeing. Well, I, I don't
3: know. I mean, I, because things are going so well with Boeing yeah, right, right, right.
5: I, So I mean, she she's gonna get boat raced in South Carolina, and the, that'll probably be the end of it. So you know, it gives us another week of show content, I guess. But it's over. It's gonna be Trump, and we just all gotta hope that Trump can get it together and get his messaging on issues, and not saying people are bleeding badly from facelifts or <laughs> calling somebody horse face, or you know, we're all in the Trump basket now, I guess.
2: Now, now, uh, has, did anybody change their mind on who they were voting for once uh, Susie and Crouch ah! uh, came out? Uh, Lieutenant Governor <laughs> Crouch oh, comes oh,
5: out and oh. gave her endorsement for Donald Trump. Has oh. anybody changed their mind now? O- old silent Suze came <laughs> weighing in. I mean, th- We were laughing about this because it's not like it'd be one thing to say in September. You come out and go, hey, I'm for Trump and I'm a Trump person. She's endorsing Trump the night after the night of him beating the crap out of, for the second consecutive time, all competition in the primary, and as though somebody was hanging on the fence going, well, you know. <laughs> it sounds so absurd. <laughs> I didn't know, but old Silent Sue's has spoke <laughs> up, so I'm on
2: board. <laughs> and, there were,
5: and now they're fighting on Twitter oh, about it, right? Tell uh, me that angle. I like love her this. and Braun, right? So, so she puts out this totally ridiculous endorsement, and Braun then feels compelled to clap back at her, basically going, you know, I endorsed him back in so-and-so. And He endorsed me and so and so. And I'm the real Trump, Trump supporter. And then Eric Doden, who I didn't even know that guy was still running for governor, but I guess he's still running. His big response to this was, oh, yeah, well, I voted for Trump in both 2016 and 2020. So how about that? These guys aren't talking about property taxes. They're not talking about the gas tax. They're not talking about a billion dollar mistake with Medicaid. They're not talking about this FSSA disaster, about people with special needs, parents not being able to you know, get financial help to take care of their kids. They're fighting. Over
3: who likes Trump the most? <laughs> Has Curtis Hill weighed in yet? Like, I'm waiting for him to put out yeah. a picture where he's got a Trump wig on. And hey, there's somebody else here that likes Trump. I dressed like him. Uh, I'm wait. an Elvis impersonator and a Trump impersonator. It's
5: just horrible, guys. I mean, this is what these people are spending their time on: is who likes Trump the most and who liked Trump first. You think you're going to get any sort of bold ideas out of any of these right. people for governor? They're not going to solve the property taxes. They're not going to solve the gas tax. They're not going to get government spending under control. They're not going to ensure that Indiana is a freer, more more liberty-minded state. You're fighting over who likes Trump the well, most. Well, first of
2: all, silence. Suzanne's got a plan to cut property. You know,
5: it, sure. like the ax the tax? Is that the platform? I'm doing my John Candy gif from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles <laughs> here. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, because everybody believes Suzanne Crouch, you know, dedicated uh, government fighter, Suzanne Crouch, who's rolled over and played dead for seven years with Holcomb, is suddenly going to find the uh, strength of 10 conservatives plus two once she gets in there.
3: We were talking about this earlier in the show because of the uh, death penalty situation. I want one of these candidates to come out and say, we're going to start killing bad guys again Yeah, because Holcomb was too scared to do it. Oh, yeah. Mitch Daniels, he wasn't scared. He didn't mind it. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be, but we got to kill some of these bad guys, man. They're on some of these dudes are on death row. They're completely out of appeals. And it's lost all of its power now because these criminals know they're not going to get the death penalty, and if they do get it, they're not going to die. we got to start killing bad guys again. I want to see which one of these candidates
5: wants to do that. Here's the thing that nobody wants to talk about, is what a mess Indiana's government actually is right now. Because they so irresponsibly blew down that surplus that they had, because they couldn't stand the thoughts of people getting their money back. So that what they did, and we talked about this at the time, they changed, these people are gross in the General Assembly in Holcomb. They changed the state law to raise the cap on the number they had to hit on the surplus in order for you to get your taxpayer refund. And then they deliberately Mm. spent on one-time expenditures down the surplus to that number. And so they have blown through most of the surplus. And now they've got all sorts of just things that are hitting them, like this billion-dollar Medicaid uh, error that they made. And now their response to that is, hey, if you're a parent who has chosen to stay home to take care of your highly disabled kid, no more money for you, buddy. I mean, the government's a mess. Whoever becomes governor is inheriting
3: a mess. Now, this is a loaded question, and we'll throw this at you, but you have followed Indiana government for over 20 years. You've been an elected official. You've worked in the state house. Mike Pence has been your boss before. What's the most ridiculous thing you have ever heard from a lawmaker? Oh, my
0: gosh. I want you to think about it, because Nigel and I
3: were talking about this yesterday, and I don't know how we got on the subject, but remember when, like, Rickers had figured out a workaround (laughs) for having cold beer (laughs) in their stores, and I can't remember who it was. There was a lawmaker that said, well, if these convenience stores have cold beer, you're going to have out-of-control teens running amok (laughs) in the store. Well, well, you guys remember with that, because that
5: was so funny, because Brian Bosma was still speaker at the time, and David Long was the pro Tim of the Senate. And keep in mind, they write the laws, right? And Rickers legally figures out how to work inside the law that they have crafted. There's nothing untoward. They couldn't find any. I mean, it was like they searched high and low and they go, yeah, these guys are uh, following the law. Bosma and Long practically tore their hamstrings, sprinting to a podium to have a press conference about how top priority next year is going to be to ensure that Rickers won't be able to ever Ever and I mean ever, ever be able to follow these laws that we've written ever again. I mean it is. Yeah, that's a great question, boy. That is that is probably near the top of the list because that these people are pathetic. I mean out they are control pathetic. Control
3: teens just <laughs> hanging out. Like imagine going to Rickers to try to get like a fountain drink or something, and you, get you to look over and like there's the Breakfast Club over there. And, <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, here and you'll love this. So they're having this new fight about the beer and and wine. People are at each other throats because the beer people won in this mixed drink cocktail business. And of course, yeah. the, the wine people are having an aneurysm over it. And this guy Ethan Manning, who runs the committee that's overhearing this public policy, I think is the committee, he freely admits, and this is how stupid these people are, that they admit this stuff out loud. It's actually an indictment on how little they fear us. He admits, he goes, yeah, you know, these laws are pretty convoluted, always been convoluted, always <laughs> going to be convoluted. And he just waited for him at the end to go, wish you the best. Shrug <laughs> his shoulders.
3: (laughs) Back with Rob Kendall of the Kendall and Casey Show every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon here at WIBC. You had the attorneys on that are representing the Brownsburg student that was forced to eat his own vomit. I'm fascinated by this story because I think this is a really big deal, and I think it's important that we keep talking about the story, and you've done a great job on it. What's the latest? Isn't
5: it wild that we're the only people talking about this? The number supposedly number one school system in the state who just without any explanation whatsoever ran out their superintendent who's been there 15 years and uh, all this stuff kind of coincides if you're trying to do a timeline with this whole story about this student being forced to eat his own vomit which there's no dispute on what happened right i mean everybody's admitted this is what happened so these attorneys Catherine michael and tammy meyer who are awesome like you know screw those guys you see on television saying you better call you better call Catherine and tammy if you want justice because they're awesome they have now been able to bulldog their way into getting another tape of who they claim which is abuse of this kid same kid at a different time and they
3: special a needs location. On,
5: on, on tape by the same school but yes i mean, I mean, not, not in the... What was the abuse? Well, they didn't go into detail on that yet, and I don't know if they can't yet or oh, okay. not. But they have said they've got another tape of this same kid being abused. And you've got to ask... What what was fascinating to me is, every, at every turn, the school system has pushed back against them. And you're saying to yourself, wait a second. I thought this was supposed to be for the kids. I thought we were here to serve the kids. And you, the Brownsburg Community School Corporation aren't concerned at all if other kids have been abused, wouldn't you at every turn be like, dude, take all the tapes, look at all the tapes, tell me if you found uh, any other kids being abused? And they are fighting tooth and nail to keep these attorneys from getting these videotapes.
3: And being a parent now yourself, imagine being the family of that child and you see all these weasels yeah. that are trying to cover this up and get away with it. I am so glad that you are sticking up for this family. You have these attorneys on and you're doing the right thing. Are you going to send
2: your daughter to Brownsburg school? You're a lifelong Brownsburg citizen, Rob. Tax cutting
5: machine. on yes. uh, the town council there for a little while. Are you, would you, are you planning on sending your, um, your daughter to Brownsburg schools when she's old enough? My wife and I have this conversation all the time because she doesn't want any part of it. And I said, let's see how the school board elections go this time because there's a lot of pissed off parents and let's see who gets in there. I'm not ready to make any decisions yet, but right now, I mean, that place is a a viper's den. I mean, it is run by radical left maniacs, Hilton and Wells. And I mean, the danger about a guy like Mike Wells is not only is he a leftist, he's also stupid. And so he's (laughs) totally subservient (laughs) to people like Eric Hilton. And uh, right now, no no way. But let's see how the school board elections go. Uh, What's coming up on the big show tomorrow? Uh, We've actually got, so this FSSA thing is a disaster where uh, because they lied to the people of Indiana about this federal Medicaid money that was coming in and they acted like it was some never-ending money tree. They now have to pay the piper. They made this $1 billion Medicaid mistake Holcomb has and their response to that is to stop paying parents who have stopped working to take care of their highly dependent special needs uh, children. And so we're going to have one of these parents in tomorrow who is actually now going to be forced to make a terribly tough choice if this ruling goes forward.
3: 9 to noon The Kendall and Casey Show here on 93 WIBC. Special thanks to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. You guys are the best. He's off the rails. That's Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.